So uh, these are the same disclosures I put up earlier. I just disclose everything. Um, it's easier than getting in the New York Times. Um, so <laughs> just a minor point. Um, uh, what are you referring to? Yeah. Anything in New York? <laughs> yeah, no, nothing happened here. Um, <laughs> nothing to see. Nothing yeah. To so adjuvant versus neoadjuvant therapy. Of course, pancreas cancer is a systemic disease upon presentation. Let's face it. Ten percent of patients are cured or at least have five-year survivals with surgery alone. So it's when you detect pancreas cancer, even at the earliest stages, it is already systemic. So something has to be done systemically. Uh, and therefore, what is our goal? Our goal is to kill the disease while it's smallest, because the truth is the more tumor cells there are, the more likelihood of mutations to make them resistant to whatever we're treating, and of course, the harder it is to kill them all. And we have to kill them when they're smallest. Okay. Well, let's look at some of the data. On SPAC4, the median time from surgery to on-treatment date, and this was an easy regimen of GEM versus GEM CAPE, was actually 64 to 65 days, depending on the arm they were on. And in an ideal world, it, you'd have one to two weeks before uh, from diagnosis to surgery. We don't live in an ideal world. I don't know about you guys, but even I don't at a large academic institution. It takes longer than one to two weeks to get them to surgery. And so the best case scenario, maybe 71, 72 days on average from diagnosis to start of systemic therapy. And of course, Dr. Chodis could be arguing for tougher therapies than gemcitabine or gemcitabine plus capecitabine. In a study of patients in Ontario, Canada, um, only 75% of those resected uh, patients even received adjuvant gemcitabine, again, an easier regimen to administer than something that's more effective like fulfirinox. So it's concerning that you're going to have 25% of patients, if you resect them first, who will never, ever get a chance at having those micrometastases treated while they're still microscopic. Of course, Mike is going to justify his whole thing with this, and you know you always use your opponent's uh, data to, to to try and win. And in fact, actually, I think the data is great. Fulfirinox versus gemcitabine randomized trial. You can see the difference in the arms. That's really nice to see. Um, they didn't have to draw the um, the y-axis really high to make the arms separate or anything like that. And and that's true for overall survival as well. And in fact, we saw pretty spectacular overall survival, which also states that. Um, um, chemotherapy works in the metastatic disease to help these patients live even longer after recurrence. So I, I think we had a lot of good news from this regimen, and I do agree that it deserved plenary. Um, what about gemcitabine and abpaclitaxel? Well, I'm not going to talk about it much because all we have is a press release, but it wasn't an overly promising press release. Um, Disease-free survival, the primary endpoint as measured by uh, central adjudication, was negative. So. Uh, at the moment, gemcitabine napaclitaxel is not part of this debate. Um, again, you just saw mention of the PREOPANC study, which is a randomized controlled trial, a very difficult to do randomized controlled trial of doing preoperative therapy versus um, immediate surgery. This, it's always tough to uh, test one modality versus delaying a modality, and the modality people believe in the most, of course, is surgery, rightfully so. We don't know that we cure anybody without surgery, but we don't cure a whole lot of people with surgery and nothing else. So this trial, again, used uh, GEM, followed by GEM-RT, followed by a little bit more GEM, but not a lot of treatment uh, pre-op, uh, followed by surgery versus surgery, followed by all the GEM cytobine post-op. And uh, the disease-free survival uh, favored the um, radiochemotherapy arm, um, 
and the overall survival also uh, uh, favored it numerically, but um, the p-value is 0.074, although that just means there's only there's a 7.4% chance that this happened by chance. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It wasn't something that happened. But nonetheless, it favors the idea of giving some neoadjuvant therapy beforehand. What it doesn't do is it doesn't tell you whether the gem or the gem radiation or both were required to get to your goal of getting better results with neoadjuvant therapy. And I wouldn't call this an absolutely definitive study. Um, it's not big enough to consider it that, but it is a promising study. Um, and we don't know the impact of a total neoadjuvant therapy approach or the impact of using a more aggressive regimen than gemcitabine. So there have been uh, systematic reviews of all the neoadjuvant trials, and uh, this is the... Um, the best systematic review I found uh, of 103 identified trials, 39 met criteria for the review. So a lot of the, um, uh, the treatment, the neoadjuvant trials have um, weaknesses to them. And in fact, this is just a gamish of um, phase two trials with resectable, borderline resectable. Some had both. There were probably some who had locally advanced. And of course, the definitions of borderline resectable drift over trials, um, making it even more difficult to establish. So what I'm going to say is overall, we get very few complete remissions. These were mostly single-agent drugs. These did not include any fulfirinox or, or gemnabaclitaxel regimens, to be honest. Uh, the PR rate was also small. Chemoradiation was, uh, was involved in all of them. And um, truth is that the response rate was better for chemoradiation than for chemo alone. But um, again, most of the uh, studies were monochemotherapies, and none of the new regimens that we currently use, GEMNAP, Paclitaxel, and Fulfirinox, were included in the, systemic, uh, the systematic analysis. So it, it will, I will note that chemoradiation did improve better R0 because I was asked about chemo or chemoradiation, and, and the last debate didn't really address the question that radiation has no randomized trials, suggested benefits anybody in pancreas cancer. Um, so no clear evidence that the limited improvement in local control improves outcomes. Um, and I, I think that that's, uh, that's an important issue. It may be that because we have such poor systemic therapy, local control has very little relevance. Regardless, um, there have been some studies, mostly small phase two studies of neoadjuvant fulfirinox. We are able to administer it. It appears that they have higher rates of R0 resection for what that's worth. And the majority of patients can receive full dose or full numbers of cycles of fulfirinox, which often numbers from four to six um, cycles uh, neoadjuvant, not usually eight to 12. Um, and, of course, you just heard a debate about um, SBRT, um, but in a neoadjuvant alliance uh, trial of chemo with or without SBRT, it was removed from the protocol due to lack of benefit. So um, just because SBRT sounds sexy, um, as does proton therapy and a lot of other things, gamma knives, all those things with cool names, doesn't mean you should use them. Okay, so I'm going to say that um, fulfirinox is now our standard adjuvant therapy for healthy patients who've already had resection, but there's an option, and that option is to take them preoperatively because 25% of patients will never receive postoperative therapy, um, and that's a, a, a significant concern. You do end out um, having some patients who will progress right through therapy. I think those are the most aggressive patients and would never benefit from any um, adjuvant or neoadjuvant or ad, any adjuvant therapy, and you're probably not hurting them by not taking those patients to resection. So I think post-op delays the systemic therapy and the killing of the micrometastatic disease preoperative is a better option. Thank you.